Are you all glad to be in church tonight? What has the Lord been doing for us in this season? Anything that the Lord has been doing for us in this season? Anything that you want to recount? Anything that the Lord has been teaching you in this season that you would like to talk about? Yes, Zahal. Wow, the value of Jehoshaphat, which is technically the value of judgment for the world, is for us that will become a valley of blessing. For the world, it may be a valley of judgment. For people that are fighting the move of God, that may be a place where they uh, get uh, judged for what they have been doing. But for us, that will become our valley of blessing. Amen? So when we have uh, nations that are allying and coming against us, we do not have to be scared because whatever the nations has been doing, for us, they will... Uh, what the Lord is doing is that he is turning this valley of judgment and problems and struggles into a valley of blessing for us. Yes. What else? What about worship? Worship. Our worship is our weapon. And we had been studying that from Jehoshaphat's life, how Jehoshaphat spent time worshiping the Lord uh, before he sent out his army to face the enemies, he made sure to send out a team of worship leaders, a team of worshipers, and this team is what brought the victory that they required. And uh, the worshipers has to always precede our armies. See, the armies are what naturally will give us uh, a, a physical, practical help. You know, in today's day and term, your doctors, your bankers, your counselors, your psychiatrists, psychologists, all of these guys are people that help us physically and practically. But when they take precedence over our worship leaders and our worship, then we are sending the army before the worshipers. And then we are putting the wrong people in charge of our blessing. When our worship is what is, what is going ahead to fight our battles, then it becomes very easy for us to conquer the enemy. Amen? Amen? Quickly, three more points that the Lord is teaching us. Anybody else? Those who have shared don't have to share. Now let me hear more people. Anybody else? Invest into your weapons. And, and that's what we were learning last night. To invest into your weaponry because the Lord is preparing us for a war. The Lord is preparing us for a battle and so often we can be like Judas that say, I'd like to uh, you know, use this for food, for the poor people, for those that don't have enough. But we have to be like Mary who broke her alabaster jar at the feet of Jesus. Although that may look extravagant, although that may look unnecessary expense, although that may look unwise in the eyes of the world, that was her, uh, you know, using and, and capitalizing on that moment that she had in the presence of the Lord to save up for all the battles that she's going to face in the next entire season of her life. When she broke, 
the alabaster jar that was worth one year's wages. She just purchased a victory for the next one year. She just set herself up to walk in freedom and blessing. In fact, the Bible says wherever the gospel of this kingdom shall be preached, the story, the memorial that came out of this worship shall be declared. Amen? Amen. Can you imagine that your worship that you're doing here in these 31 days, that you're doing in your homes in these 31 days, and, and that you're doing online or physically or in your personal times in these 31 days, they will become a memorial altar to the Lord. Something that will be spoken of. You know, when we are in heaven, we will recount these days. I'd like to recommend a particular book that has been such a great faith builder for me in this season. It's called My Time in Heaven by Richard Sigmund. You should check out this book. This person, he died, I think, for eight hours. And he went to heaven. And uh, he writes an entire book about all the things that he experienced in heaven. Uh, so I would recommend that you go and read this. And it's just, it's not something that you have to base your theology upon. But it will really refresh your heart and put your faith afresh on things of heaven. And one of the things that he tells is that they would gather with people and they would tell stories of revival times upon the earth because they, there will be memorial memorials in heaven of great revivals and salvations and, and crusades and conferences that brought great harvest to the kingdom of God. And you like it or not, this may look like a small thing for you, but there will be a memorial in heaven for these 31 days of what you are doing here on earth. Because you're not storing up treasures on earth, you're storing up treasures in heaven. And, and we will talk about this for all eternity. Amen? Come on, two more points, two more points before we go ahead. Anybody else would like to share what the Lord has been teaching? Joel, you cannot copy from Pinky's revelations. Just kidding. Anybody else? Anybody else? Two more, two more. Onlineers, anybody online? Anybody sharing online? Yes, our worship is our weapon. Amen. Anybody else? Two more points. I'll not, I'll not go ahead till you give me two more points. That's just a... I, I, I may just sound like a dictator here, but I'm not going further. Yes, Augustine. Your anointing will be your protection. We were talking about what is your defense. What is it that, that helps you uh, in, in seasons of battle when there is attacks against your life and we learned how your anointing will be your protection. And for you to walk in your anointing, you need to walk in your assignment. See, your anointing comes only when there is an assignment over your life. If there is no assignment then you don't need an anointing. Amen? When you are aligned to the assignment of God over your life, the purposes of God over your life, then you will walk in the anointing. You will be filled with the anointing. And that anointing is what will protect you. Just like Aaron was protected, even though he rebelled against Moses, because this man was anointed by the Lord, the Lord did not judge him. Although Miriam, because there was no anointing upon Miriam's life, she was struck with leprosy and she had to be out of the camp till she got healed and got restored. But Aaron, he did such a major blunder and got away with it. Even, 
you know, the anointing of God protected him from God himself. Can you imagine the, the grace of that anointing upon your life? So if you are aligned to the assignments in your life, you will have an anointing upon your life. And if that anointing is there, then that will be your greatest protection. Your assignment is your argument with death. Amen. We, that's not my quote. That's Dr. John Joseph's. You know, it's like this. The first time you quote, you tell them, you know, this is Dr. John's quote. The second time you quote, you say, uh, somebody said this. The, by the th third time you say, it becomes yours, yeah? So, uh, but, but I love to just uh, share that your assignment is your argument with death. Amen. As long as you have that assignment of God over your life, you are not going to die. Tell your neighbor, you're not going to die today. <laughs> Your assignment's not over yet, and so you're not going to die very soon. Amen. One last point before we go forward. Our areas of struggle, Akansha, she's sharing this. Our areas of struggle will become our areas of bread and butter. Amen. The, the, the areas where, where we struggle the most, our giants will become our bread and butter. Our giants will become our sandwich in uh, easy international version, yeah? Our giants will be our food. The things that you battle the most, the things that you face uh, as the biggest struggles in your life will become your biggest testimonies. In fact, not just testimonies, they will become areas of income for you. Some of you are going to write books on marriage, some of you are going to write books on how to start your own business debt-free. Some of you are going to write books and you're going to teach in conferences about principles and protocols that you have received from your brokenness. Some of you are going to run counseling centers to bring people out of insecurity and bondage of the enemy and, and struggles. Whatever the enemy has put you in bondage for, that will become your bread and butter. If the enemy has kept you in debt for a long time, I'm telling you, you're going to write a book and you're going to run a teaching series on how to manage your finances. Your areas, I'm telling you, your areas of biggest struggle will become your bread and butter in the mighty name of Jesus. Are you ready to proceed? Joel chapter 3 and verse 11 and 12. We are going to try and continue from where we left off yesterday. We were talking about being prepared for war, being prepared for battle. Amen? Uh, Joel chapter 3, verse 11 and 12. Are you ready? Let's read it out. It says, Come quickly, all you nations everywhere, gather together in this valley, and now, O Lord, call out your warriors. Let the nations... Be called to arms. Let them march to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I, the Lord, will sit to pronounce judgment on them all. And everybody said an amen. amen. What is God speaking? He is almost continuing from where we left off yesterday. In fact, all the way from verse 1, you would see the same pattern going forward. In verse 1, you see the Lord calling the nations to come. Hey, wherever you are, whatever you guys are doing, come gather around because I want to release a judgment upon you. 
come and surround Judah and Jerusalem. There is my people in Judah and Jerusalem. They may look like ordinary people to you, but they are, you know, those small prays that I am using to put a hook into your nose. You know that we do this when you're fishing. You, you, put, a, you put a nice, tiny, uh, delicious looking worm bait. You call it the bait. To, to, to bring a bigger fish. And, the, and, the, and that's what the Lord is doing in this place. He's, he's actually making Judah and Jerusalem vulnerable to use them as a bait to destroy their enemies and to bless Judah and Jerusalem in return. Amen. Amen. And you would see this. The Lord says, gather all you people, gather. Now, one, the Lord says, let, let them gather. Second, he's now telling his leaders to declare this out and says, all of you guys, come, gather. Do you remember that? We learned that yesterday. We learned how the Lord is telling the leaders to say to the nations, gather and come here. I have a word to declare over your life. I have uh, I want to get into a battle with you. Come, let's fight. Let's see what God, whose side God is on. You remember how Elijah did this. He called to the prophets of Baal and he said, uh, he, he went and told Ahab and Jezebel, bring all your prophets, get all of them on Mount Carmel and let's see whose side our God is on. The God that answers by fire he is the one and the true living God. The God that answers by fire. So that's what we see in this place. He's inviting everybody. And now verse 11, he's telling the church to declare to all the nations everywhere, gather together in the valley, gather together in the valley. This is not just a year of gathering for you. This is also a year of gathering for your enemies. This is also a year of gathering for your problems. This is also a year of gathering for your challenges and for your struggles. That is why you would see such a high spike in all your struggles manifesting all of a sudden. Because if you have to have a great harvest, you need to go through a great season of sowing and a great season of plowing and a great season of of, of brokenness and struggles and challenges out of which the Lord can give you a great season of harvest and gathering. Amen. So the Lord says, call quickly all you nations. Come quickly all you nations everywhere. Gather together in the valley. And then, then the leaders, they are praying. What are they praying? And now, O oh Lord, call out your warriors. Call out your warriors. These guys, they are praying to the Lord saying, Lord, now this time will be the best time to raise your warriors, to call out your people, to call out your warriors. Bring them up. Raise up your warriors. Raise up your people that can fight for you, God. Raise up a, a group of gentlemen and women that are not going to take it easy and take it for granted, but they are going to be like the violent that will take it by force. They will be like the ones that are armed and ready for the battle that the Lord has prepared for them. So they are praying, now, O Lord, call out your warriors. See, Jesus taught the church, the disciples to pray this prayer. 
in Matthew 10, I think, or Matthew 9, I think, Jesus taught them to pray this prayer saying, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers or the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers. And in the very next chapter, that is Matthew 10 or Luke 10, I don't remember, please pardon me. It says, Jesus told the disciples, see previous chapter, Jesus told them to pray that the Lord will send forth laborers. In the next chapters, the Lord would turn back to the same disciples that prayed and the Lord will tell them, now you go into the villages two by two and you go and you preach the gospel, you heal the sick, you raise the dead, you cleanse the lepers and when you go, this is how you will do what you will do. And this is how you should minister to poor people. And this is how you should minister to hurting people. And this is how you should minister to those that are opposing you and fighting you. He is giving instructions to the people and saying how they should go out. See, if I was in the place of the disciples, I would turn back and say, Jesus, but I thought my job is to pray. But Jesus says, now that you have prayed... You also need to be willing to become the answer to your own prayer. If you pray, but you're not willing to become the answer to your own prayer, then you are a hypocrite. If you pray for revival, but you're not willing to be instrumental for the Lord to use you for that revival, then you are a hypocrite. You're saying, Lord, send somebody else, raise another man of God, Use somebody else to give the money for it. Use somebody else to go as a missionary. But not me, Lord. I'm just a prayer warrior. No, you can't do that. The same people that the Lord asked to pray, the Lord also sent them out two by two into the villages to preach the gospel and to heal the sick and to raise the dead. Amen? So now in Joel chapter 3 verse 11, these guys, these leaders of the nation, they are praying and they are saying, Lord, now, O oh Lord, call out your warriors, call out, send out your warriors, bring them forth, God. Now that we have declared war against the enemy, now that we have told them to gather, now that we have told them to prepare their weapons, now, O oh Lord, raise up our warriors. Where is the warriors of the Lord? Now raise up our warriors. So tonight, the Lord is raising up warriors in this house. The Lord is raising up warriors in your house. The Lord is raising up warriors in your church, in your homes. The Lord is preparing each and every one of us as warriors. And sometimes, you know, as soon as there is a call for battle, everybody gets excited, right? Everybody wants to be part of a, of a move of God. Everybody wants to be part of a... Uh, very happening thing. Nobody wants to be left out, right? So even if we are prepared or not, we all want to be there. And one such story is the story of Gideon. The Bible says when everybody saw that the anointing of the Lord was on Gideon, when everybody saw that the hand of God was upon Gideon, everybody wanted to follow him. In fact, this one man who was unknown till yesterday in the nation, the Bible says overnight he raised 32,000 men in Israel. This is from Judges chapter 7. You can go back and read it or you can note it down. Judges chapter 7. 32,000 men in Israel followed Gideon into battle. 32,000 men. Yeah. So there was a call. 
that went out for all the warriors in the nation to come. And how many people turned up? 32,000 people turned up. But the Lord said, no, all of them are not ready for battle. Right now, if you guys go into battle, the glory will not go to my name. The glory will go to all your fighting men. So I, I don't want these 32,000 people. The first thing that the Lord told them is, anybody that is having the slightest amount of fear, you remember the Lord gave us an instruction in the book of Joel saying, don't fear anymore. Yes, it may be terrifying to see all these things, but you do not have any liberty to activate the, your senses of fear. You need to become extra active in, in negating every words of fear and rising up and, and speaking words of faith. And, and to Gideon, the Lord said, hey, ask them, how many of them have least amount of fear? And when the Lord asked them, 22,000 people dropped out. 22,000. Is that correct? Can you just read and check if the number is correct? 22,000, it says either 22,000 people dropped out or 10,000 people dropped out. I think, I think about 22,000 people dropped out when God said, is it correct? 22,000 people dropped out. Out of the 32, 22,000 people dropped out. When God said, is there anybody who is scared? Are you scared? You're not ready for battle, my friend. If you have fear, you're not ready for what God wants to do through your life. See, everything else, if you, if you have any struggles, if you have any challenges, if you have any sicknesses, all of those things, the Lord will help. But if you have fear... That is a direct manifestation of your lack of faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can please God, please God without health. You can please God without money. You can please God without uh, all, all, all your uh, gifts and the move of the whole, everything. Without all of that, you can please God. But you cannot please God without faith. You cannot be on God's team without faith. The one thing that the Lord is asking of you is, are you ready to get rid of your fear? You know, and Gideon got rid of 22,000 people. Yeah, 22,000 people. But the Lord looked at them and said, no, 10,000 is still too much. Okay, then the Lord said, now let's take them to the river. Let's take them to the water. That is where the true test will be. Let's take them to the water and let's see how many people are going to have a reverential way of drinking water. You know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I found this very, very, very unusual test. Do you know the story? You know the story in Judges 7. The Bible says... 10,000 people went down to drink water, out of which only 300 people had the decency to take the water in their hands and drink it. What did the remaining 9,700 people do? <laughs> I mean, that's, that doesn't sound human-like. Animals drink like that, right? I don't know how, what was the culture back in the day, but... There was no 
table manners for the remaining 9,700 people. I don't know what, what revelation we can bring out of that. You know, except the fact that, hey, the Lord is going to test some of us by bringing us down into the river of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord is going to see how we are going to acknowledge the presence of God. How we are going to respond to the river. Are we just going to take it lightly or are we going to show respect and reverence to the river, to the water? And, and that is where our true test will be. And that is where the Lord is going to select his warriors from. See, when we, say the, when, we, when we say the Lord is calling out his warriors, for us, it seems like a very easy process. But it's not a very easy process. The Lord is very picky and choosy about who is going to fight for him, who is going to fight his battles. You know, in the book of First um, Samuel, I think, First or Second Samuel, I think, you see that Jonathan and his armor bearer, I think it's in First Samuel, there's a huge army that has come up to fight Saul and his nation. And the entire army, they are, they are praying and they are picky and they are they're wondering, should we go into battle or yes or no? And here is two group, two people, Jonathan and his armor bearer. And the Bible says, Jonathan and his armor bearer, they decided, let's hear, let's see what God wants in this situation. They put a fleece before God and they said, Lord, if you really want us to go and fight them, give us a sign. And as soon as they saw that sign, they went into battle. Saul and the entire army, they are standing on the other side and they are watching. Hey, why is the army getting dispersed? What is happening? This is a huge army. And they are counting and they are seeing who, who out of us went to fight these guys. And two people, Jonathan and his armor bearer. Two people. You know, usually we don't talk about Jonathan and his armor bearer going to fight an entire battle. Uh, in uh, our stories of war, warfare and valiance. But you should understand, he, he had the grace. Two people. See, David, when he went out to fight Goliath, he was one on one. Goliath was one person and David was one person. He had two people. Jonathan and his armor bearer, they took out an entire army. They had the guts to go against an entire army of Philistines because they decided to rever the voice of God. They decided to, to ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want us to do? They decided to rever the voice of the Holy Spirit. They decided to rever the flow of the water. And they said, we are going to we are going to listen to what God is speaking in. And because we are going to listen to it, we know that we will have victory. So the Lord is speaking to the warriors in this church. The Lord is speaking to the warriors in your home. And the Lord is asking you, are you ready? Are you willing to rever the voice of the Spirit, the water that is running? Are you willing to lap from the water and drink with reverence? Are you willing to respect the voice of the Lord? Are you willing to, like Jonathan, acknowledge what God is speaking and doing in this season? If you are, then you will be chosen to be part of the army of the Lord. The Lord is not looking for big numbers. You know, in fact, the Lord even doesn't even need you to fight his battles. Do you know that? The Lord doesn't need you to fight his battles. In the last day when Jesus, in fact, comes, the Bible says, with one breath, 
He's going to slay every, every person on earth that has been on the side of the Antichrist. One breath, that's it. That's all that he needs. And with the word that comes from his mouth, that's all that he needs. He doesn't need you to fight his battles. It's our privilege to be part of the Lord's team. Amen? But the Lord is very picky and choosy about who are the ones that are going to fight his battles. Can I take you to the book of Joshua, chapter 23? You know, Joshua is one of the very prominent warriors in the Bible. And let's, let's read the final warning and address that he gave to his people about fighting the Lord's battles and how they need to fight and how they should not fight. This is the book of Joshua, chapter 23, verse 1 onwards. The years passed and the Lord had given the people of Israel rest from all their enemies. Joshua, who was now very old, called together all the elders, the leaders, judges, and the officers of Israel. Look at your neighbor and say, you are an elder. You are a leader. You are a judge. And you are an officer. Come on, look to another neighbor and say, you are an elder. You are a leader. You are a judge. And you are an officer. And he said to them, I am now a very old man. But you have seen... Everything the Lord your God has done for you during my lifetime. The Lord your God has fought for you against your enemies. And I have allotted to you as your homeland all the land of the nations yet unconquered. See, this is something amazing about Joshua. Joshua did not just allot the land that was conquered, but by faith he allotted to them the land that was not even conquered. See, when you give out your will, you know, when, when a person with a property, when he dies, when he writes his will, he will only allot to his children what belongs to him, right? But here is Joshua. He is writing on his will to his people things that didn't even naturally in his physical belong to him. Even the lands and the nations that are yet unconquered by faith. He just said, Manasseh, Kamnahali belongs to you, okay? Currently, we don't have Kamnahali in our hand, but it belongs to you. It is your responsibility to make sure that Kamnahali eventually belongs to you. Even the nations yet unconquered, Joshua, by faith, allotted those lands to every tribe of Israel. The Bible says, as well as the land of those that we have already conquered, from Jordan River to Mediterranean Sea in the West. That's the sign of a warrior. A warrior is not just looking at your capacity and your timeline and what you could do in your lifetime. You're looking beyond that. You're looking centuries down the line. You know, what Joshua made provisions for was truly accomplished in the days of King Solomon. Only in the days of King Solomon did the nation of Israel have all the land that God had promised them. But Joshua already allotted these lands to the 12 tribes of Israel even before he died. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a man of faith? Can we be like that? Can we look beyond what we can do in our natural ability? 
what you can do in your natural resources can you dream dreams that can be that is beyond what what is possible with you that requires you to hand down your vision to the next generation and say hey these are the lands that got conquered these are the lands that didn't get conquered but this also belongs to us verse 5 this land will be yours look at your neighbor and say this land will be yours another neighbor and say this blessing will be yours another neighbor and say this blessing is your inheritance and say for the lord your god will himself drive out all the people living there now you will take their possession of their land you will take the possession of their land just as the lord your god has promised you verse 6 so this is my instruction to you so be careful to follow everything that moses wrote in the book of instruction do not deviate from it turning either to the left or to the right make sure that you do not associate with the other people still remaining in the land do not even mention the names of their gods much less swear by them or serve them or worship them rather cling tightly to the lord your god as you have done until now three instructions that he gives them what is the first instruction you have to stick to the book of instruction verse 6 there is a book of instruction that I have, you have received everybody you have a book of instruction uh, if you have it can you wave it to me the ones that have a physical bible in your hands you know some of you are waving your phones to me amazing praise god for that but if you have a physical bible can you just wave it to me okay one physical bible two bible praise god amen three bibles in the house that's amazing the lord says do not deviate from it to the left or to the right stick close give personal attention to stick to this book second he says do not associate do not make partnership with the people of this land do not ally do not make your allies with the people of this land because as soon as you partner with ungodliness you will not be able to capture that ungodliness as soon as you you know shake hands with them you will never have authority over them anything that you tolerate you will not have authority over anything that you make friends with you will never be able to kill them do you understand what i'm saying i'm not talking about people i'm talking about your enemies any enemies that you say it's okay it's fine this sickness or this struggle or this problem it's okay i'm just going to live with this no any enemies that you tolerate you will not be able to overcome and here the lord says make sure do not associate with all these people do not even let the names of their gods be found in your lips the third instruction is that you would rather cling tightly to the lord your god so it's not enough that you stick to the book of instruction it's not enough that you stay away from making friendships with the enemy it is necessary that you cling tightly to the lord your god and sometimes you wonder why is it that i don't seem to experience victory because i am not making friends with the world and i am not 
I'm not deviating from the left or the right from the book of instruction. The Lord says it's not enough. It's necessary that you cling tightly to the Lord your God. Cling tightly. Cling tightly. Like I told you last night, this entire week the Lord is going to give us grace to restore your walk with God, your prayer life, your time of personal intimacy and relationship. Can you, can you keep your hand on your heart and say, Lord, give me the grace to cling tightly to you. Come on, come on, come on. Pray like, pray like you're a, you're a, you're a lover of your groom. Pray like, pray like that bride that is, that is yearning in the book of Song of Solomon. Like the, the bride that is yearning to be with her groom, to be with her beloved. Say, Lord, give me the grace to cling tightly to you. Everything else that I cling tightly to, I let go of and give me the grace to cling tightly to you. Cling tightly to you. Because you are giving me conquered and unconquered territories this season. So give me the grace to cling tightly to you tonight, Lord. Give me the grace to cling tightly to your heart. Yes, as I cling tightly to you, everything else that has kept my heart occupied and distracted and away from you, Lord, let it lose its hold over my head, heart. Let it lose its hold over my mind. Let it lose its hold over my emotions. Everything else, let it lose its hold. Yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's read it further. Verse 9. For the Lord has driven out great and powerful nations for you. And no one has yet been able to defeat you. Everybody said an amen to that. Amen. Verse 10. Are you ready to receive this as a blessing? The Lord says, each one of you will put to fight a thousand of the enemy. Why? For the Lord your God fights for you. Each one of you. Each one of you, you have the grace. Now, this is in the Old Testament. Without the Holy Spirit, without the, the, uh, the mediating work of Jesus on the cross, without forgiveness of sins, without the grace and the presence of everything. The Bible says, what, is it, what does it say? Can we have the verse? It says, for each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemy. For the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. So because the Lord your God fights for you, because the Lord your God is on your side, because the Lord your God is doing his work in and through your life, you have the grace to fight at least a thousand battles, at least a thousand battles. Friends, are you, are you tired? Are you tired by three attacks? Are you tired by four struggles? Are you tired by five days of problems? Are you tired by six years of challenges? The Lord says, a thousand of the enemy, that is your capacity. Can you say this over yourself? I am inexhaustible. I am an inexhaustible warrior. I will not get tired. A thousand of the enemy. I, 
I, I don't care how big, how great the enemy is. I am like Jonathan. If Jonathan and his armor bearer can take down an entire army, that is my portion and that is going to be my blessing. So he says, so be careful to love the Lord your God. What does it say? So be careful to? Why? Why? Why should I be careful to love the Lord my God? Yes. Why? What else? What is love? Come on church. What is love? When you, when you love the Lord, what are we doing? Worshipping Him. And what is worship? Your worship is your weapons. What is, what is God saying? Go back, go back to the previous verse. Go back to the previous verse. I want you to get this into your spirit. Each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemy. Why? For the Lord your God fights for you just as he has promised. Next line. So, everybody screams, so. So, so which means because of the previous factor, you need to be careful to love the Lord your God. Because your love for the Lord, your worship unto the Lord, your adoration of your groom is your weapon, is what helps you to put to flight a thousand of the enemy. The Lord is calling forth his warriors. 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 Let's go back to Joel chapter 3. Joel chapter 3 verse 11 and 12. Let's, let's read it again. Come quickly, all you nations everywhere, gather in the valley. And now, O Lord, call out your warriors. Verse 12. Let the nations be called to arms. Let them march where? To the valley of Jehoshaphat. And we studied the valley of Jehoshaphat. The valley of Jehoshaphat is our place of blessing. Is the place where God is releasing a judgment over the enemy. Is the place where Jehoshaphat went with a, a group of people worshipping before he released the army. The Bible says there... In that valley of Jehoshaphat, in that place of worship, there I, your Lord, I, the Lord God, me, the Yahweh God, will sit to pronounce judgment on them all. There, where in the valley of Jehoshaphat, there in the valley of Jehoshaphat, I am going to sit and I'm going to pronounce judgment. Lord, tonight we come into your presence and tonight we pray that there will be a restoration of that love for you. Tonight we pray that there will be this grace to, to acknowledge the flow of the river. Tonight we pray that there will be this grace to let go of our fears. Tonight, Lord, we pray that there will be a grace to obey the book of the instruction, to not turn to the left or to the right. Tonight, O oh Lord, we pray that there will be this grace to 
get rid of every wrong allies. Every allies that are, that are draining the strength of God upon my life. Every Delilah's that is, that, is, that is cutting off my strength. That is cutting off the locks of my anointing. That is cutting off the consecration that I have. Lord, I pray that tonight we will disconnect from those Delilah's. That we will disconnect from every allies. Every intermarriage with the things of the world, with the systems of the world, with the patterns of the world. And Lord, we also pray that you will give us the grace to cling tightly to you. And to be careful to love the Lord our God above it all. To be careful to love our Lord with everything in us, with everything in us that we will love you, Lord. Oh, that you would pronounce a judgment over every sickness, every challenges, every lack, every problem, that you would pronounce a judgment. Oh, that you would release your voice of glory. And now, O oh Lord, call out your warriors. And now, O oh Lord, raise up an army. And now, O oh Lord, set us apart for you. And now, O oh Lord, help us to cling to you. And now, O oh Lord, raise up an army. And now, O oh Lord, set us apart for you. And now, O oh Lord, consecrate our hearts for you. And now, O oh Lord, give us the grace to not be tired. Because the road ahead of us is long. The road ahead of us is long. A thousand may fall to my right and ten thousands to my left. But nothing, nothing shall come near to my dwelling place. Because that is my portion, that is my inheritance. Every enemy that is conquered and every enemy that is unconquered is my inheritance. And I love you, God. And I love you, Lord. Can we just put that verse on the screen? So be careful to love the Lord your God. That is from Joshua chapter 23. So be careful. So be careful to love the Lord your God. So be careful. So be careful 
love your God. Come on, sing out with me. And I love you, God. Because my weapon is my worship to you. And I love you, God. Uh, yes, Jesus. Yes, I love you, Lord. 